Hello again, Dwayne Grummet here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, good morning, sir. Hey, Dwayne, good morning to you. Good afternoon. Was it an hour earlier for you or or hour uh, later? No, no, no. I'm I'm 10.30. You're 11.30 right now. Oh, okay. So it's still morning for both of us. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So we didn't really, we didn't do a huge amount of promotion on this and I didn't get on the, all the blogs. So there's probably going to be a lot of people listening after the fact rather than, um, you know, during, but I think we have a really cool, uh, thought on a call today. Yeah. And I apologize. Uh, I've been gone most of the month of July. So I have <laughs> been, I know last week you did a call without me and, uh, I appreciate yeah. that. So thank you. Yeah, well, no problem. And uh yeah, tell me a little bit about it. you went everywhere, right? You were in uh you went to Florida the week before, you were in Vegas, right? You you did a lot of you went to the Grand Canyon. So tell me what you what you got going on. What were you doing? Uh well, I'm 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 back now, but uh yeah, no last week I was in Florida. We drove down to Florida. My son had a beach volleyball tournament down there. It was the Nationals uh for beach volleyball and uh so we just hung out at Siesta Key for four or five days and then drove back. So you know, two days of driving down and four days or five days there and then two days of driving back, whatever it was. That's awesome, though. How long did it take to drive? Uh, it's a, like a 17-and-a-half-hour drive. Oh, so it's a ride. So, yeah, we did, like the first day we did 10, no, um, excuse me, we did about about 12 hours. We went down, yeah, about 12 hours on the first day, and so we only had you know, five or six on the second day. And then coming back, I split it in half. We we did like nine and nine, you know, type thing. That's It is brutal, though, driving that long, right? I, I drove to Florida, so we did it like in a two-day trip as well and split it. But the first day, I drove like 17, 16 hours, and I actually felt like I was going to die that night. I, my glands swelled up. I felt like I had the flu. I was so exhausted just from sitting in that position and tunnel vision for that amount of time. So it's pretty tiring. Yeah, I drove the whole way down there, and then uh, coming back, the first day I drove, but the second day my wife drove about in half the time. I, I just was wiped. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Well, anyway, fun time though when you were there. You said you did get to go see. You were inside the Grand Canyon and got to experience that. And oh yeah, when we went to the Grand Canyon, and that was back at the beginning of the month when we went to Phoenix. He had an indoor national. See, the one in Florida was uh, the beach nationals. So he plays oh, indoor wow. and also beach volleyball. So yeah. How long is he going to play <clears throat> but, for? It? Um. Well, the indoor just ended. That was the nationals, and now it's done. Beach, even though nationals is like in the middle of summer, there's still some beach tournaments left. Yeah. I was going to say, you're lucky. You don't want it to end, right? Because you, you definitely spend time and, you know, you get to make it a mini vacation and spend family time together. And that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was it was a good time. And in fact, uh, while I was down there, when you had uh, went live, I was on the beach down there. Oh, really? When you went live for one of our calls uh, last week. And, uh, yeah. Um, later that evening, Toby, uh, Toby Milroy, he, uh, um, uh, messaged me and, and said, Hey, you know, how close are you? You know, like where are you at in Florida? Cause he's in Orlando. Had I been oh, right. closer to Orlando, we we would have hooked up just for lunch or something like that. But, oh, that would have been fun. Very cool. Yeah. I know live videos are great. I mean, it's like, like what we're doing right now, um, depending and, and whether there's a lot of people on it initially or they watch it in, you know, once it's recorded, it's just an amazing platform these days, you know, and it's really, really great. And, and you get to share, 
your lives. People refer to the, my, my live podcasts or blogs as TV shows. And I'm like, wow, I didn't ever even thought of it like that. I thought of it as a Facebook video, right? But they're like, oh, we love your show. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I never even thought of it out like that. So something pretty, pretty cool to, to consider. So listen, let's chat real quick. I had, I had told you, um, I've been thinking a lot, you know, of course, we always think as owners all the time, right? I always think like, okay, so I'll give you an example, you know, oh, um, this parent said this and we're, as an owner, we're like, ah, oh, you know, they, they're this or they're that, you know, right? And, and we think and we generalize. And um, what happens is, is that uh, we, we're not thinking from the customer or the parent or the client or the student's point of view. And sometimes we have to do that a little bit more to be able to get in their head. We might not agree with it, but we sometimes have to understand where they're coming from so that at least we get to them and we can shift their mindset. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so like some some of my experiences was, and generalization, like I'll give you an example. When I was in Bermuda, my Bermuda dojo down there, I heard a lot from the guy who owns the school, like things that were like, well, the people down here don't do this, or, you know, that's not how it is here. And I've been hearing that for years um, when coaching people in, Colorado versus New York versus, you know, Costa Rica. I'm always hearing things like, well, that's not how it is here, right? And then I realize that I know for a fact that that's not true, but people get caught in their mindset. They get caught in their head, and they only see things from that point of view. So that led me to believe, like, hey, what do, what do the customers see? Like, do they really see a value in what we do? Do they see a value in what we give them? Do the things that we give them, who, what we think is important to us, do they – do they feel that there's a value to that uh, as much as we do? Does does that sound like a make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, their uh, their experience from their point of view, as opposed to their experience from our point of view. And what's the most important is, you know, the former. Their experience from their point right. of view. Who cares what we think they think or what we think they feel? Uh, it, right. it really comes down to what are they really feeling uh, and having, uh, you know, what what type of experience are they really having, having and uh, uh, that's the most important. So yeah, it makes total sense. So like, so so I I try to put myself in their position, and I think that if we want to shift perspective in any way, shape, or form, the only way to do that is by getting them to see things the way we do, right? Or to at least understand things the way we understand them, right? So however, um, I want them to love the martial arts. I want them to see all the values in the martial arts that I see because I've lived the benefits for the 50 years that I've been around. So how do we get those parents, how do we get those people to be on the same wavelength as us. You know, there are many books about that building raving fans and, you know, creating culture, um, creating the tribal mentality. What do you do in your school to try to bring, close that, bridge that gap, close that gap so that, um, you know, you feel like, hey, I, I, I think people know what I do. Well, what, do you, what are some of the ideas that you, what do you use and what do you think? Yeah, well, I think uh, primarily uh, the the, Besides the niceties that, you know, every business should be doing, you know, responding to customers in the right amount of time, dealing the best way you can to make everybody happy. I mean, you know, the, the obvious ones, right? Right. Um, 
I think, and, and I shared this with, you know, one of our mutual clients, um, Kenny Bigby. And, right. you know, I, uh, I, I talked to him about, you know, owning the language. And when you own the language, um, your tribe, once they get familiar with the language and they understand um, what this tribe is all about, then they get it, right? They're, you know, it's kind of like when we, you know, people that move to the United States from different countries, when they start hearing some of our phrases and some of the language, uh, you know, even though we say, oh, wow, that was cool, and somebody goes, well, they don't, you know, they don't understand. Because, like, you know, when my my dad was a kid, you know, cool meant not hot. Right. There's so many there's so many things inside of the culture that need to be learned. And so I think right. first and foremost, when you define the language and you continually use that language inside of your school, um, I think that's the, the one of the biggest magic buttons you can have. And so, right. you know, I'll, I'll just use Kenny as a, as, as a, uh, uh, a, you know, something to relate to here with this conversation that we're having. You know, one of his, uh, his tagline is live elite because right. he's a former Navy SEAL, right? Right. And um, he's the only one out of, let's say, the three of us that could teach you how to maybe live elite under those circumstances. Would you agree right. with that? Yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. So, you know, we came up with that tagline with regards to living elite, and then we put – uh, that word elite into so many other aspects of, of what they do. So rather than having a, 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 like a progress check or a, um, a testing or whatever, they have an elite assessment. Okay. And just, again, reinserting that word in elite. And so I think one is, you know, the biggest thing, you know, if somebody's trying to find out, you know, how to relate to their customers, the first thing is you've got to decide who you are first. Right. And then secondly, um, who your ideal customer is or who you think your ideal customer is. And hopefully they cross, meaning who you want to be and who they are. Hopefully there's something that crosses there. If you find that and that, you know, that, that does work, right? If one plus one equals two, then you can do multipliers from that, meaning that, once you're both on the same page, who I am and who my ideal customer is, that's when you start interjecting, like I said, uh, the language, um, the the tribal cultures, the way that things are done, you know, even down to, you know, um, when the senior bows, he doesn't bow as low as the junior bows or whatever. Right. Uh, th- those things are not always written rules. And I think nowadays f- for um, our clientele nowadays, it almost has to be a lesson. I heard a long right. time ago, you know, uh, Tom Callow said something, and this was back when he was doing those NATMA videos and he was right going to different schools and all that other stuff. Well, anyways, one thing that he said is, you know, if you want something to run correctly in your cra- classroom, then you put it into your lesson plan or you put it into your curriculum. And it was as simple as getting people to line up correctly and making that right. mandatory. Right. And I I think that that is the same thing with regards to um, 
our culture, everything that's uh, about our tribe needs to be, uh, I don't want to say documented, but it kind of does, and it needs to be put into the curriculum so that everybody understands, um, you know, how things are going to be run in your school, and then there's right. no question. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, we've had many calls before on, you know, the rules that you have in your school, the written yeah. rules, the unwritten rules, uh, why you're, why they're there, why they're important. And I think that all factors into the customer experience, the culture, and all those type of things. And I right. know I'm taking a lot of time to answer your question, no. but... No, I think that's a great answer, and I love it, and, and it makes so much sense to me. Um, and you know what's interesting? It's like it's almost like when I teach a class these days, I um, I have to explain myself so many different ways to the student, and still sometimes they just don't get it. The language barrier or the listening skills or the, the way people tune in and tune out or, you know, they, they – um, it's at a whole different level than it used to be years ago. I find it well, very people don't read between the people don't read between the lines anymore. And I think I don't know that I can blame them all the time because I think there's a there's such a shift in in culture nowadays that some of these uh, again, uh, what is it? Uh, common sense isn't common, right? I think that's true even more so now. And maybe you know, is it true more so now because we're older? And right. didn't our parents say the same thing? Or is it just getting that far off the path? Well, I wonder if it has anything to do with us at all. And because, like, for example, and, and let me explain. Like, when I used to teach kids in the 90s, those kids at even a younger level had a much better level of comprehension with the basic uh, basic level instruction. So I'd say something to them. Now, maybe you're right, though. Maybe I'm not as tolerant or as patient, but I think I am. I'm a better teacher. I'm more tolerant, more patient than I was back then. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe I had to be harder on them now than I was, that I am. Um, but I find that, like, even, like, the most basic, simple instructions are, like, oh, my God, did, did you actually not understand me? Like, you know, I said, please walk through the door, and you continually keep walking into the wall. I'm like, when are you going to stop walking into the wall? Well, you told me to walk through the door. I said, yeah, but that's a wall. Oh, like, like really, literally, I know I'm dumbing it down, but it's really not that far off. You know, so I wonder sometimes if, if we're communicating, and this is important to our clientele, to our parents, right? Are they actually hearing what we're saying to the point where our message is getting through enough for them to buy into and understand the value? And that's why... It takes, like, for example, um, one of my partners in the tournament business, I said, are you sending out flyers uh, and sending out emails on a regular basis? He goes, oh, no, no, I don't want to bother them. Like, dude, you have to do it multiple times a week for the next eight weeks. No, 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 we don't want to overwhelm them. Of course you do, because half the time they're just hitting delete. They're not listening. And when they are reading it, they're not listening, right? So now we got, you got to kind of almost bombard them with the same message for it to really sink in. Like you said, using that verbiage with Kenny, elite this, elite that. And I love it. I've actually noticed that. I watch and watch his stuff. I read his stuff. I, I see his Facebook post, and he's using that on a regular basis. It, it actually has changed his brand, right, and um, and created a different feel for me. And I'm not, you know, I don't talk to him as much as you do now, so I can see it, right? So 
Um, for, for you, I mean, you, you, what do you do like to, you know, communicate your message to the, to the parents? Say, let's say, for example, um, they're a new student. They just signed up their kid. How do you make sure you, how do you make sure to actually get them on board? What are you doing to indoctrinate them into your school and system and, and understanding and philosophy? Right. So uh, there's a student application that they have to fill out. One, obviously, gives me all their information. But then, two, there's questions that are in there that are, you know, that are specifically in there. So one is, you know, this isn't the first one. So when I say it, um, it it's in the wrong order. But one of them is, you know, will you abide by the um, the student creed? You know, and then the student right. creed is there. You know, you and your right. kid, you know, that type of thing. Uh, will you, are you able to train at least two times per week on a consistent basis? Right. Um, will you be living in the area for the next year? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of everything else that's on there. But that's the that's the first one where I kind of set things up. Yeah. Um, I think even in there it says um, – you know, will you be, you know, are you willing to read our policy and procedures manual that will be given to you um, after you sign this? And then mm-hmm. I have a welcome, I have a welcome book. I don't have one on me. But yeah. I have a welcome book that uh, has the policy and procedures that are in there with the three strike rule and right. just all of that all mapped out. Now, I can't make anybody read it, but, you know, obviously I ask them, I preframe them that, hey, this is coming. I need you to read it. Um, when we go to the enrollment, you know, on the backside of the agreement, uh, we go over questions uh, similar. And one is, did you read the policy and procedures manual and, and are you willing to abide by it? You know, right. if so, uh, uh, initial here. And then there's like, I think there's seven questions that are on yeah. the back of the agreement. All of those are set up to preframe that individual. Then um, the six, four, eight-week, ten-week calls and emails and even videos that get sent out to them all pre-frame what's happening to them. Now, that happens up to um, Yellow Belt, which is a three-month experience, you know, but then we move into then what's the next three months uh, experience, that type of thing. And that comes into, you know, really mapping your customer's experience. And I think that's important. At least, you know, what you would believe to be the ideal customer experience, meaning what's going to happen to them from, um, you know, info call all the way to sign up, from sign up to first belt, from first belt to second belt, and so on and so forth. And some people are really good at, you know, info call to sign up, and then they do okay with, you know, from white belt to next belt or whatever it is, from no belt to first belt or whatever. And then it starts to trail off. Well, I think that's a detriment. There there should be things that are set up every single belt level. And let me, when I say that, I don't want school owners to be overwhelmed. So my my philosophy is, hey, look, you plan on being in the business for quite a long time, right? So why not go ahead and pick these white belts that are coming in right now, let's say during back to school, and you're going to do whatever you can to wow them to get them to sign up, right? And then you're going mm-hmm. ethically, ethically, right? Right. But then you're going to, from white to yellow, that first belt cycle, 
and then start documenting the things that you do and then go back and put it into the system and follow them all the way up to black belt and yeah. then follow them from black belt, you know, first degree to second degree and so on and so forth. And within a four year to six year to 10 year period, now you've created this system. You were going to be open anyways. Right. Now you've created this system rather than trying to sit down and come up with it all at once. You just say, Hey, every, you know, third Friday of the month, I'm going to decide what's going to happen um, in the, you know, so my, let's say it's a three month quarter, right? So right. my first month, my first Friday in that, in that three month quarter, I'm going to kind of over map it or whatever. The second right. Friday, I'm going to go, yep, that all sounds good. No, I want to rearrange this and blah, 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 blah. And then the right. third Friday, you go, okay, boom, I created it and here it is. And if you got to create any trainings that go along with it so that your staff knows how to do it, you do that too. And then you wash your hands and then you move yeah. on. Um, that, that to me is the simplest way. And then you can always go back and pull things out or whatever. Uh, the, the one other thing I would add along to that is document it so that when you try to go back and go, oh, what was that? Especially if you're going to automate things, I would document, I would document that email inside of one big document, um, yeah. as well. So that if you ever want to switch something, you have the name of that email. You know where it's at. You've got it written down in this document and then say, oh, I need to switch this word or that word or we move addresses and so this needs to be – or whatever it is. That way you can – it's easier to uh, fix things later on because you will. You'll have to go back and interject something here or there or what have you. Yeah. You know what? I I, I love what you're saying. You and I are actually good at this. We do this when we do our coaching stuff and we give them a series of what we call a sales funnel, that a process that they go through. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's pretty amazing. In fact, one of the guys who's on the call with us, or he was on the call with us a little while ago is uh, Master Park, uh, Chung Park. And he actually, him and uh, Ron Sell developed a software that I'm now using called Spark Membership, Spark Minds. And within that, it has a whole bunch of different, um, sales funnels and automations and so on and so forth. That's pretty powerful, right? Um, so yeah, that experience that you take them through is, is really great. And, and I love what you said because it does change. So the first three months, they might want this. The next four months, they might want that or they're in that mindset. But there also comes up with struggles and, and difficulties and so on that go along with the training that if you can arm the parents or the student with tools to overcome that, um, you're probably going to have way better retention. Like, for example, if we know that at blue belt level, it's middle level in the two-year period, people drop off, now we have to start prepping them ahead of time, getting their mindset so they understand that ahead of time so that we're able to stop that from happening. Hey, look who's on the call with us. We have a, we have a legend in the martial art coaching business, and it's a Stephen Oliver, who's a friend of mine. And uh, thanks, Stephen, for being here with us. It's uh, great to have you on our call. So thank you very much. Um, so anyway, so for me, this is the question that I've been asking myself a lot lately. Um, how do I indoctrinate people, but how do I get them to understand what we do? Like I always say, the martial arts is like a magic pill. You know, if I, I told people, if you take this pill, this magic pill, the martial arts will change your life forever, right? Sometimes people hear that as nothing more than, more than a glorified sales pitch because, of course, I'm saying it, or my staff employees are saying it. And, um, 
it really doesn't uh, it doesn't sink in with people. It's almost like you could tell someone who smokes that they're going to die from smoking, yet they just blow it off because they don't have the time or energy or they don't want to think about it. So how do we get people to really realize how lucky they are to be in our school? How lucky? And, and I say that in a martial arts school. Um, and what they could get from being there, the benefits. Like if the parents actually knew the tools, like for example, this software that I'm using, I guarantee about 40% of the people that are using it are not using it to the full 100% of, of its availability, right? So um, I'm trying to maximize everything. Everything they have to offer, I'm trying to use. I'm using everything that they have because if I do, I'm going to get my money's worth and have it help me a lot. So what do we do to get the parents to to get that, or the students, the adults, to to do that? What what are your thoughts? Well, we also I I don't know about you, but we also have a uh, um, a feedback letter basically that we send them and ask them about their experience um, at different points mm-hmm. in their training, uh, both kids and adults. Um, so you know, and then we track that meaning. Uh, not only do we send it out, but and I send it by mail. I mean, that's what I do. I send it by snail mail, and right. uh, you know, I have a uh, with our system. We we have a follow up where we call them. Uh, I think it's five days later, and uh, you know, after it's been sent out, make sure that they got it and that they're able to return it. And we track that, and and uh, so we get those in, and we're able to read those and kind of get a beat, um, you know, like a heartbeat. Of, right. uh, what's happening inside of our school, if there's anything that we can take care of at that moment or if there's some sort of miscommunication or whatever, you know, we do that, uh, that type of stuff. Um, but, but uh, I, you know, part of it is pre-framing. Some of it is, um, you know, making sure that we're following up with those individuals, you know, even, even down to the fact that, you know, what, and we've all, we've all heard this, you know, the MIA calls, the missing in action calls, those are so important. Right. Uh, to make sure we know where our students are and what's happening. And, you know, the, my problem is I'll have a student that'll come up to me after class or something or see me in the hallway and say, hey, we're going to be, you know, like the parent will say, hey, we're going to be gone, um, you know, next week. And and now my response is, oh, great, have a great time. Make sure you go in the office and let them know. Um, because what would, would normally happen is they would tell me I'd forget, I didn't write it down or whatever, and then we, you know, our program director is doing a great job calling them up, saying, hey, where are you at? Oh, well, we told Mr. Brummett that we were going to be gone. Yeah. That makes us look stupid. That makes us look stupid. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't, I don't mind looking stupid, but I don't want the, I don't want the company to look stupid. Um, right, right. And uh, so, so even, you know, the uh, missing in action calls is, is archaic as it sounds, are vitally important. Yeah, and, and I, you know what? I don't think they are archaic in any way. You know, I've learned, if anything, to create a really good, tightly knit community of people who are believers and a part of what you do and your culture, whether it be zero students or 600 or 1,000, you have to create a platform that they feel like they're heavily invested in. And everyone, doesn't matter if you have 1,000 people, you have to make sure that everyone, every single student feels like a part of that and that, that, that community and that you are personally involved with that student, right? What that student's needs are, not the masses of the student's needs, but that individual. You know, it's all about that whole radio station that we always talk about, WIIFM, right? What's in it for me, radio. 
So we have to really be careful that people don't feel like they're just a cog in the wheel, that they don't feel like they're being looked over, that they're being ignored, that they're not getting what they paid for, and so on and so forth. And here's the one thing, because I don't know about you, and maybe you could tell me, maybe make put my mind at ease, but I am very personally invested in my school, um, but and I get, like, upset, like, if somebody says something to me that makes me feel like they're not getting the picture like it's not that valuable to them like I, I just built a website for someone and um and i and i really love how it came out and i said how do you like it so their their response to me was not bad for a first draft and and i'm like so i'm like what the frig like i just spent hundreds of hours and that's the answer i get rather than it looks really great but we just got to tweak it a little so it's really that process of verbiage and how you say things that really is is a, is a problem so i take it personally I don't know, do you feel that way sometimes when people are like, ah, classes are all right? You know, like, what? Like, you know, like, you take it personal, don't you? Yeah, to a certain degree. Um, there is a an art to wording what you want to say in a way that is uh, uh, memorable, if that makes sense. Right, You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, our society today. Like, I put up – I love the Beyond Meat burger. Have you ever had them, Beyond Meat? It's called no. – it's a, it's a vegan hamburger, right? Totally veg, vegetable-based. you got to try that's, it. It's incredible. That's why I haven't had it, man. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, no. But you know what? It was made <laughs> for. Kidding. It was made for guys – I know you're kidding, but it was made for people who are meat carnivores that love hamburgers, but they want to cut back on the consumption of having too much meat. So they developed this hamburger that tastes so good. Um, anyway, long story short, you can buy it at Wahlburgers, and they have them in certain select restaurants now and, and so on. Um, but the reason why I brought it up, so I posted that on my page, and there are people right away, like, critiquing it. You know, like, they, they had a, you know, well, if you're going to eat a, a burger, you know, why, you know, and I'm like, why can't people just be positive? positive? But, but here's the thing. Yes. I think it's in our culture. Now it's been so indoctrinated in our culture to say negative things. Right. If you can't say good things, they don't they don't say anything at all. They just say negative things. Right. It used to be if you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. Now it's like if you want to say something, just say something negative. Right. That's the way our culture goes. Start off with a negative and then pull back and maybe agree um, that, that it's not as bad as you started out saying it was. So that's why I look at I say to my clients. And by the way, I'm, I'm doing text messaging now on a regular basis, not to the point where people get annoyed, maybe once a week, once every two weeks, you know, on, on special events. Hey, don't forget, we're closed tonight because of X or the holiday. People love the text messaging option. So if people are not taking advantage of text messaging on a regular basis, you have to do it. Um, but, uh, but anyway, it, it's more of a personal thing. It's almost like, hey, he just came in my phone and said something. So um, – like Facebook messaging, I inbox parents, um, and they're like, oh, thanks for reaching out to me. Like I had a few people that were delinquent as far as payments go, and we've been sending them emails and leaving messages on their phone, and they haven't responded. So today I got three or four of them by Facebook Messenger and said, hey, I don't know if you got our messages. And it turns out that three of them I had the wrong emails for, and one of them I had yeah. the wrong cell phone for. So I'm saying, like, what a jerk. They're avoiding the heck out of me. Like I'm pissed off, right? They come into class, and they're ignoring me. Well, it was my fault. It wasn't theirs. I had the wrong message. I had the wrong email. I had the wrong cell phone. So um, we have to be diligent about finding out how we could communicate. Also asking people what, how they like to communicate. Some people love texting. Some people hate it. Some people love email. Some people hate it. 
some people want to be on the phone. Like, like I have friends, you ever text someone and then they call you? And I'm like, if I wanted to talk to you in person, I would have called you. I'm, I'm laying on the couch watching my favorite show, but I wanted to say hi, but I don't want to pause the show and talk. Right. So right. some people have their own method. So what is the method that our clients like to talk? That's probably something we should ask people. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, there, there is a, a form like that application, that student application that gives us their information. Uh, that's that information is on there uh, as well. We also ask for um, their uh, their their Facebook uh, page. So oh, yeah? like the name that's on their Facebook page. And then every year um, at the beginning of the year, so I just do use, use New Year's to do it. So at the end of the, at, you know, at the end of Christmas time, like when we close for that two weeks, I hand out a card that um, they have, they, they put all their, inf- like they have to uh, put all their information on that card again. And okay. then we go back and we update uh, that information over the Christmas break. Okay. So we have all updated information every single year. So if anything's changed, and by the way, I have a change of uh, information request form as well. So when somebody says, hey, I moved, my address changed, what have you, I have them fill out this change of request form that updates everything. So even if it's just their address, I still have them put down their email address and their Facebook page and all that other stuff so I can double check to make sure. Right, right. I got it. I like that. I think that the more info you have, um, the better the better it is, of course, obviously, right? So that we also know that, well, you know, you, you're going to communicate better with them. Yeah, but the other thing is uh, don't just ask for information for information's sake. Do right. it because you actually are going to use it in a specific way. So when I say this, don't think that you have more work that you need to do. Um, only put on there the stuff that you are going to actually use. Later right. on, if, you, if you're going to implement Facebook and you don't have a Facebook right now, or you're going to implement texting but you don't have it right now, then you could put that on the form. But, you know, only ask for the information that you, you need right now, if that makes right, sense. Right, right. Oh, it totally does. And, and sometimes we actually bury ourselves in the sand with stuff to do, and then we end up getting overwhelmed with things that may give us minor little one percent increments in in progress versus um getting rid of it all and just focusing on the big thing and that gives us a hundred percent um you know increase in communication etc etc well i'll tell you what if i had it my way if i if i had it my way it would be um i wouldn't have email i wouldn't have facebook well i think i know i know uh, that i know the email thing about you and that's an even texting because sometimes i'm like right if you Tell me I'm on it, right? For you, sometimes I'm like, Dwayne, where the heck are you? You know, because you only answer and communicate at certain times of the day on it, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I would have you uh, call me or I would have you uh, text me and that would be it. I, if yeah. there was only at least just two ways to communicate with me, that would be right. excellent. But Because if you think of it, what do we have? We have, you know, our personal email. We have the studio studio email. We have, uh, you know, for me, I have my personal text. I have the studio text. We've got, right. um, you know, Facebook, Facebook Messenger, Facebook page, Facebook right. page Messenger. Uh, right. And then if you get into Twitter and Instagram and all those other things, it's just overwhelming. And, and yeah. the, to think that you're going to respond to all those, I, I hate it. 
to be quite honest with you. So, you know, if I can narrow it down to my people that, you know, they like things through texting, that's right. beautiful for me. Yeah, and um, that's true, though. But but people, though, technically will text way before they will um, answer an email nowadays. So, so they, I forget what the statistic says. I think it's within 8 to 10 seconds the text message is read versus an email now that could take two or three days. Right, because they could get the email and they see the subject line. They go, "I'll get to that tomorrow." It's probably one of Sheehan's, uh, you know, things about whatever. But on a text message, "Hey, Dwayne, I'm wondering what's going on. Like, can you please get back to me? Or how was class? You know, that kind of thing. Super important." Yeah, well, check check this out. You probably can't even see it very good, right? Since I've been yeah. gone, uh, you probably can't see that. Anyways, what does that say? Five hundred and fifteen emails that I still yeah. have to go through. Crazy uh, that I've been gone. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure you know only 51 of them are are actual ones that I actually have to respond to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll I'll be spending a little more time this week responding to emails. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And you know that's why some people have assistants, and the emails go to the assistants, and the assistants say these are the real emails, and they send them to you, the ones that you need to actually deal with yourself. So uh, so I, I think really like uh, you know for me. Um, I'm I'm focused now on the communication network. Like I want I want to speak in four different voices to more more to my clientele, meaning that I have to have conversations with my little warriors, which are two to four year olds, right? Not with the actual two to four year olds, but with the parents of those two to four year olds. And I find that speaking to them, like I wrote a book for kids, I have a little plush toy stuffed animal. Um, you know, I have a comic book, a cartoon coloring book, and I have a website. How do I get them to understand that th- this is their world, that they want to get their kids involved in that world? And they want to buy the little warrior hats and the little warrior jackets and the little warrior backpacks for school. I need to communicate with them at their level. If I start talking to a mom who has a two-year-old about the knife fighting seminar I'm doing on the 30th, they're basically going to hear that a few times, and we've talked about this before. They're going to turn me off, that white noise. It's just going to be done. They're not going to hear me anymore. So right. there's got to be a specific message for, you know, and you want to try to segregate, you know, your your little kid's class, your your, your whatever kid's class, the 5- to 8-year-olds, your 9- to 15-year-olds, your, uh, you know, your adults, male and female. And if you're good at communicating with them on the needs that they have, because if you're talking to your adult women, and you're talking about things that may be important to them, like getting, you know, self-defense carjacking, right? Um, or, you know, ad- adult guys maybe want to learn how to do MMA. You know, how do we kind of do that? You know, and that, that's where we have to communicate at their level more specifically. So uh, I've been focused on that pretty heavily lately and, uh, and really feeling like it's making a huge difference. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, everybody tells you anyways, marketers tell you, but I mean, you've known for years that you, you need to segment your list and, and, uh, send that, you know, send to your list the things that are pertinent that they're looking for, not what you right. think that they're looking for. So, I mean, that's right. just a, that's just a given. Exactly, exactly. And I think that we do that, um, I think most martial arts school owners, or a lot of them, I shouldn't say most, right, but some people do, um, they will communicate with what's on their mind and what they want to say. Like, for example, I have a good buddy of mine, love him to death. He's probably going to listen to this call eventually, so he'll probably say, hey, I'm talking about him. But sometimes he's on his Facebook page, and he's always talking about, you know, 
um, how how his school is the best and and McDojo's stink and don't get ripped off. And his mindset, I know, is to try to show people that he's a quality school, that he's all about the you know teaching the real martial arts, and he really wants people to understand that that's where he's coming from. But I think sometimes it, it appears that um, he's being down others or he's trying to convince people of things that they don't even know about. The majority of people don't know what a McDojo is. So why bring it up? They don't know what a bad school is. So why bring it up? That kind of thing. So it's confusing to me. So so we have to also speak our message clearly to, um, and by the way, I, I, we lost video for a few minutes there for some reason. Um, uh, but anyway, we, uh, you know, we have to talk to them in, in a theme, in a message that's valuable. That's just my last thought on that. Do you have any closing thoughts or thoughts? No, I, I was going to say um, I we have uh, a report, and I don't know if you're – I'm sure you'd be interested in letting us give it out, but uh, we have a report, yeah. uh, the uh, CX report, and basically I was going to try to print it up here, but I, I think I'm the one that dropped this on the Internet. Um, but anyways, the report is called the CX Report, How to Create the Ideal Customer Experience Journey that Creates Loyal, Lifetime, or uh, Lifelong Advocates and Money. And um, okay. if somebody's interested, if somebody's interested in that, what we can do is if they want to, um, you can do a couple of different things. One is if you want to leave your uh, email address on this actual post, uh, the video that you may, may be watching, um, you know, then you can, you can leave that, leave your email on there and then we'll just email it to you. Or you can go to uh, schoolownertalk.com forward slash uh, 176. So if you're listening to this on a podcast, you can go to schoolownertalk.com forward slash 176 and uh, just put a, you know, a comment in there with your email address, you know, to this post and, uh, you know, in the, the, um, uh, the podcast post. And then we'll just email you that you want the, uh, the CX report. Okay, yeah, I love that. I remember that. It's a great – that was a lot of information that we gave away for, for free. Um, very valuable. So I think that people should jump on that. And even – by the way, guys, sometimes – I don't know. This is a funny thing about Facebook. Sometimes people think you're live when you're not really live, and they'll be commenting like, hello, you know, and, and we're, we've, we recorded it like two days ago. So uh, it doesn't matter when you read this or hear this. Just email us, and if we don't get back to you, you know, just message me. And I will respond and get you the links or whatever you need. But we'll we'll plug it in and, and make sure that you guys have avail- availability to it. Yeah, and I guess what I can do too is I can write a little thing on on uh, on this that if somebody wants to see X uh, report, then they can just uh, you know put their information in below this post too. Awesome, very very cool. So Dwayne, thanks again for being back with you know and back online and chatting and I appreciate your knowledge and information and uh well, I'm excited. I'm going to try I we talked about this and this is kind of like an offshoot of what we what we did, but I want to I want I don't know and here's the thing before we close. I mean, I want to do this but I'm afraid. Um and uh <laughs> you know the the big 7th degree black belt ninja dude is afraid, right? So um so I'm nervous that about doing this, but at the same time, I think it would be almost enlightening to all of us, right? I'd like to get somebody trustworthy, a parent, uh, a student, uh, an adult student and a parent or a few parents, and put them online, no holes barred, and let them just tell us how they feel. Like, I would love to know, like, 
what do they feel about, and, and this is scary though, right? Because I'd go like, well, what do you feel about our upgrade program to Black Belt Club? Like, well, honestly, tell me. Like, it might end up in a fight and me kicking them out of my school. <laughs> like, at the, but, like, I want to know, like, what do you, why don't you read our flyers or why don't you attend our special seminar? Why aren't you upgrading to our back black belt club program? I think this is the, you know, the bee's knees, as they used to say, right? Like, I mean, I'm thinking it's the best thing since sliced bread, right? Like, but at their, I want to know what they're thinking. Like, what is it that they just don't want to engage or are they too overwhelmed with all the other stuff? What is it? So maybe we can maybe get one of your people Maybe I could get one of my people. We could put them on a call and we could interview the heck out of them. It might be one of the most enlightening and eye-opening sessions ever. Yeah, and you know, um, I don't know that we could do a Facebook Live. It would probably have to be just a regular phone call uh, recorded only because uh, with the private group, we would have to make them members of the private group. Um, right. And then, un- and then unmember them. But I don't know, some of them may not even want to be on a camera, but they wouldn't mind their voice being on a, a telephone, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you know, that's, it definitely does. But I think that maybe, um, I think that maybe there are those people out there. And, you know, of course, we don't want to get our number one student who's going to tell us everything we want to hear or a parent who's afraid, like, oh my God, if, if I don't say the right things, they're going to penalize my kid. So I, I don't know, maybe it's almost like, maybe we could interview a parent that's not from either one of our schools. So like Kenny yeah. Bigby has, Kenny Bigby, maybe he's one of their moms would in, be interviewed with us and, or somebody we know, you know what I mean? Like where they're not personally invested and they'll just say, I don't give a crap about what you think, Allie and Dwayne. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to offend. I'm not going to offend you. This is how I feel. Although we'll just get Kenny. Well, I'll tell you, the school. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I had, uh, I had, uh, somebody that was doing the uh, the summer trial, right? And they we always do a uh, an introductory class first before they come in to do the regular right. program. Well, I happened to I, – I told her, I said, I probably won't be – I was the one that actually took the info call. I probably won't be there to see you uh, or to meet you, but my program director, yada, yada, I went through everything. Well, I happened to get back in time while their lesson was still going on, so I walked up, introduced myself, talked to her. Well, she was already talking to another mom. Well, this other mom was ranting and raving about the program to her. And I, I wanted this other, I wanted this mom whose kid's doing a trial, I wanted her to understand that, you know, I wasn't paying her to talk about Right, right, about right, it. exactly, yeah. And so when the, the time was right, and I said, and I just want you to know, Mrs. So-and-so, um, Mrs. So-and-so, the, the one, you know, the one that was ranting and raving, I, I said, she does, she she hasn't always liked me, right? And and she goes, yeah, that's true. She goes, well, oh, that's awesome. She goes, I always. She goes, yeah, I've always liked you. She goes, there's just been some things that I didn't agree with. And I said, but in the end, she goes, you were. She goes, you were right, and it needed to happen. You yeah. know. <laughs> and so yeah. I wanted to bring some realism to it. So you know, honestly, I think like if she's available, she'd be a good parent because yeah. I did. there was a few times that uh, she was not happy with me. Um, you know, her kid didn't uh, perform or get whatever. And, you know, I was like, 
you know, hey, look, this is how life goes. And, and yeah. she didn't like me for a little while. And I guess it wasn't that she didn't like me. She just didn't like the experience, you know yeah. what I mean, that type of and, thing. And that sometimes that's the thing, though. The experience influences the behavior that influences the feelings towards you, right? It's like, I love Disney World, but when I have to sit online to get on this stupid ride for four hours, I hate Disney World, right? You know, that, that kind right. of mindset, right. right? So it's like, you know, so that's interesting. We should definitely work on that because I think it would be a great call for school owners to actually hear because it's not that they have no 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 understanding of what we're doing behind the scenes to keep them happy they don't understand what's going on um and uh what what's what the inner workings of our school is they just see it from hey i'm writing a check i want these results i want my kid in it for these things and are you giving me what I want? And I don't care what you say. You know, I just want what I want. And, you know, but, but this woman felt that way. And now she's like, oh, I listened to Dwayne and I'm, I'm enlightened and I understand better. Right. So that's where we should be. So let's definitely, without a doubt, um, try to work that out. I think that'd be really awesome. Okay. And then I just want to remind everybody, if you want the CX report, we'll give that to you for free. It's a, I was going to print some pages up and kind of show you, but it's a 56 page document. And, um, you know, it, there's, there's, there's a ton of information going over the customer's experience, uh, mapping your current customer experience in order to make key elements in your ideal customer experience and so on and so forth. So if right. you want that um, it, it, in this post, feel free to just leave your email address and we'll email it to you. And if you're listening to this on a, re, on a replay uh, through our podcast, then you can just go to schoolundertalk.com forward slash 176. And then in the um, uh, in the comment section, just put your your email address in there and let us know you want us to send it to you. Awesome, cool, Dwayne. Thank you so much. Good to have you back, and I uh, can't wait to talk to you next week. And maybe you and I could maybe arrange that call by next week. Yep, sounds good, sir. Yep. All right, awesome. You have an amazing day, everybody. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon.